welcome to Locked On Nuggets. I would say this is an emergency podcast, but I have been absolutely swamped with things to do with the trade deadline as it was pretty busy. So this is just your normal Locked On Nuggets podcast, but it is a special trade deadline edition and a special trade edition, so much so that I've reached deep, deep into the cockles of Florida and pulled out (laughs) Adam Marez. I forced him to dive into the ocean's depths to retrieve his phone. He has his phone. He is now on the line with me to talk about the Denver Nuggets, who finally, after so many years of not skipping steps, of being patient and biding their time, finally made the trade that they've been waiting for and added JaVale McGee. Adam, (laughs) your reaction? Man, JaVale, he's back. It's, um, I was, I made, I made the joke to some, of some of the DNBR guys earlier, um, that I, I feel like the red priestess in game of Thrones where all this time I thought the prince that was promised was Jokic, but, uh, it's actually JaVale. Um, <laughs> he was right there in front of us this whole time. We never knew. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it. If you enjoy it, stay tuned for the ultra player of the week. Coming up later in the episode, and no, it will not be JaVale, not yet. Uh, All right, Adam. So on Thursday, for anyone that, like, just didn't pay attention, and we're like, I'll just find out what happened on Locked On Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets traded Isaiah Hartenstein for JaVale McGee. But in somewhat more pertinent news, uh, they traded Gary Harris. Oh, Gary Harris. Mm. RJ Hampton and a first-round pick to the Orlando Magic for Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. So, I will start here. On a scale of one to five, with one being not at all, and five being a magnitude of awesome, never too foreseen on this earth, how impactful is the Aaron Gordon trade for Denver? I mean, I think it's a five. You know, this is a really tough scale for one. It's not a lot of numbers to pick from. So if I said a four, that'd really be underselling it. But I mean, this is as big a move as Denver was going to make. It really is they're capable of making, I think. And, you know, it was the biggest name sort of out there for for this trade deadline. And more importantly, there's reason to be very optimistic about it working out. So I think it's huge. And then the way you phrase that, not it doesn't just have to be positive. You're talking about sort of a how does this change the nuggets? I actually think this has a significant change. Gary Harris really was, you know, one of the heart and souls of this team and his departure, I think signals a very real sort of um, step into a new, a a new moment in time for this nuggets team, maybe a little bit of a loss of innocence um, and certainly a change in the, the locker room culture. So uh, I think this is a very significant trade and I think there's reason to be optimistic and maybe a little bit, you know, slightly nervous about it you just feel like you're going all in right i think that's that's a good way to think of it i think um it's i've been going back and forth on it quite a bit because the basketball fit if you look at it from the nuggets perspective and what the nuggets have said and we'll hear more about this when i talk to mike singer later in this episode little tease for you mike singer's on with me later the way the nuggets have spun it like this is a perfect fit like they're like the defense the passing um the idea that they've spoken to him and found that there's like all of this like really great uh 
Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me stop you. They did. They got Intel. Spoken to him. I think it's an important distinction. They got Intel. I don't think you're allowed to speak to him. Um, sure. We'll say that. Unless you want to report that they spoke. I'm to not, him. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> there have been indications that they feel very right. confident that they're, they're, yeah yeah that, and especially i'll say this um after the trade especially they feel very confident that uh gordon is willing to make the kind of adjustments that he needs to right to right. make this work and that's like that is my biggest concern i i have two right. primary concerns for denver um one is gordon's attitude in terms of realizing that he needs to be sean marion and not Kawhi leonard right and then two is that he needs to uh, be willing to resign or sign an extension. And those are both complicated matters and they're very important for Denver long-term. Now, look, I- I'm with you. And I-, I am with the move in the, in the sense of like, look, sometimes you just got to make the move and figure it out later. Like we talked about this. Right. The other night. You just got to make the move and figure it out later. Right. And-, and I appreciate that approach. And I think it was time for Denver to actually go down that road. Right. However, however, I like, I would be remiss as an analyst if I don't look at this and go like, okay, yeah, but they made the move for Iguodala thinking they would figure it out later and they lost him. They moved made the move for Grant thinking they would figure it out later and they lost him, right? The last two times that Denver has made a significant trade for a wing entering into uh, the last year of his contract or, or you know, they have a year and a half on, on Gordon's so or it is a little bit better, right? right? That's important. But, it is important, yeah. But that does change the dynamics a, a little bit. Um, Tell me specifically how you think Aaron Gordon fits next to Nikola Jokic. I mean, I think he fits great. The number one thing, and I think it's kind of funny as I've been so busy today, I've talked to some people, but starting to read, I think the number one thing, and some people have hit on this, some people have not, the number one thing he brings is athleticism. And and not just, he is a 100th percentile athlete in, in, in the NBA. This is, it's not a like, oh, he's pretty good. He is as athletic a player as Jokic will have played with in his career. I think you can say Kenneth Freed was also in that conversation. But just giving somebody that has that sort of, you know, Jokic loves to throw those fade route passes. He used to love to do it with Gallinari and Wilson Chandler. I think he's going to really love doing it with Michael Porter and, and Aaron Gordon. But it just gives you a, um, two guys that can, you know, in Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon out on the wing who – other teams are going to have a hard time athletically matching up with. So I, I think there's that. Um, the defensive aspect of this, you know, I'm curious to see if he can zero in on being a, a first-team all-defense type of player. He's never really, I don't think, had that goal. But I'm curious to see now that he's not expected to do so many of these things on offense, if that if he does focus in on that. But he, he certainly has the tools to do that. So I, I, think, if, I think it's a great fit. I think Jokic is going to really enjoy playing with him especially given the players that Denver's able to surround him with. You know, I started digging into the, the tape today and like, it's really promising, honestly. Like I, I had watched Aaron for a couple of years and hadn't really done like a deep dive on him in some time. Um, I've looked at more stuff with the magic holistically as a team and hadn't really like focused in on, on Gordon. There's a lot to like here, especially as a cutter. So yeah. if, if they run, let's say that they put Will Barton in the left corner and they run a high pick and roll with Jokic and Murray and Jokic pops. Okay. And the defense, you know, tries to blitz and recover. And on the other side, you've got MPJ and Gordon um, and MPJ's man crashes to contain the roll on Jokic. 
and Jokic pulls up short and Gordon dives, that's going to be a dunk every time. Like yeah. eight times out of 10, that's a dunk. And like, this is kind of what I came to. And this is in a piece that I wrote on action network that I hadn't really, I hadn't thought of, of Gordon through this prism until I did the research. Everything is going to be so easy for Gordon, but also Gordon's real strength is the easy stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. That's um, and like yeah. this is, and the, but the way to, to, to talk about this is important. It's not easy stuff that everyone can do because not everybody has his athleticism. Not everybody has his right. skill set. Not everybody has his basketball sense. Not everybody has his body. So, yeah. you know, not everybody can, can catch lobs and then reverse dunk it um, and have it not look incredibly awkward. Like Mason Plumley. like he like very smoothly did that. in one of the clips that I pulled for the action network thing, um, the jump shot is worth having some skepticism about yeah. as a spot up shooter. Uh, yeah. He's shooting exceptionally well this season, but it's on a limited number of attempts. He shot well last year. This isn't like a one year deal as a spot up shooter. He shoots really well. Um, however, the only thing I, I caution is just like, don't be surprised if as he gets uh, used to it in Denver, if he has a cold stretch, because you remember Jeremy Grant took it like he was frozen to start the year last year. And everybody was like, this guy's supposed to be a shooter. Like, what's the deal? Right, and, right. You know, he starts bombing. So there's a there's an adjustment period, but so much of this, like the passing's gonna come really easy, the cutting's gonna come really easy. And if he focuses on that stuff, he's like he's gonna score 16 points and do it on very few shots because it's just gonna be easy stuff all over. I think it and that benefits literally everyone on the Nuggets. And it's not even just that, because it's sometimes when you, when you talk about the cutting, you're just thinking about guys like sized. But I think that now having Jokic, uh, Gordon, and Michael Porter, I don't know how many teams are going to have guys physically capable of matching up that way. I mean, Michael Porter's six foot ten. Aaron Gordon, even though he's only I think six eight or something like that, he's just so strong and athletic that how many teams are going to? Usually, you have one. You know, you have one like multi tool wing, and then one maybe compromised one. Denver is that way with Paul Millsap, you know, how many teams are going to say, Hey, we have to put our tall guy on Michael Porter. Cause he's so tall, but now we have our Will Barton on Aaron Gordon who, okay, maybe Aaron Gordon, if you have to give him the ball and clear out, that's not going to work. But now you have to start cutting and back cutting and curl cutting and rebounding against him. And if you're giving up 30, 40 pounds and you know, 10, 15 inches of vertical, now all of a sudden that's a huge mismatch. Conversely, if you want to put your stronger player on Aaron Gordon because he's just beasting you physically, well, now maybe you have your Will Barton type player on uh, Michael Porter Jr. and you're giving up five, six inches of height. So I, I just think that Denver now has two forwards that are going to cause a lot of uh, matchup problems. And, and that alone helps you start from a position of strength in the half court. There's a lot of things I'm curious about with the team. One thing that uh, I'm going to ask about Malone's going to make fun of me because he's going to say he hasn't thought about it yet, but I'm really curious if they're going to switch up the defensive scheme with players that aren't mm. Jokic. So just because you have a base scheme doesn't mean you have to run that with everybody. Like they do have different assignments and the Nuggets do this. Like they will switch off ball quite a bit and they were terrible at it with other personnel. I wonder if Gordon allows them a little bit more, especially in the playoff atmosphere to be like, no, okay, we're going to switch it. If it's not Joker. If they're yeah. not using Joker in the screen, if it's Joker, we're going to put two on ball and we're going to do the same thing. 
But if they're using Gordon's man, if they're using MPJ's man, if they're using Will Barton's man as a screener, we're going to just, we're going to switch everything else. We're going to switch everything else except for Joker at the five. If they run one five, we're going to do the same thing, put two on ball and apply pressure. Everyone else, we're going to switch. Like those variations I think are important. Um, I think Gordon can help with the bench units. Like you can now run out a a lineup. Go ahead. I want to go back to your point about the pick and roll, though, because I think there's also just a, you know, cumulative length and athleticism and speed and everything here. Because even if you do, if you just talk about the Jokic pick and rolls and he has to step out on him, now you're talking about Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. Those are all guys with great length for their position. And I just think there's something too. Even if you're trailing in a play and you get hung up on a screen, you're chasing the screen with big, big bodies. Your backside help guys are a little bit longer across the board. And I just think that makes up for, so even sticking to the schemes that they already do, you're right about switching off ball. I think that it makes a lot more sense now to switch, you know, Aaron Gordon and Barton. Maybe it did Millsap and Barton or Millsap and Gary. It makes more sense to do that off ball. But even with plays involving Jokic, you just have so much length and size to sort of swarm and it's just so different. It's funny how one player, it's really two players, because you're talking about Michael Porter now moving to his natural position. But it, it's just, it's crazy how much now you look at it and say, hey, that can be a team that just athletically swarms teams and teams are starting from a, a, a you know, a negative position just trying to match up. It's interesting that we're talking about this because I do keep trying to temper things from, because look at that, there's a tendency, I think, for guys that cover a team, uh, like, you know why a team made a deal. You know why they made a trade. You know right. why they 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 chose the path that they did. Um, and there's a tendency to to see the the things through the rose colored glasses. Like it is Aaron Gordon. Like this is one of the most like not frustrating. I would say disappointing Odd. players of the like higher levels that we've seen. Just in yeah. terms of like he was a number four pick, but Aaron's mostly just been kind of like yeah he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that's totally. that's that's who he's been. And so like this, I mean, this is it's funny because like the um some of the radio hits I've done today, like some of the radio hits have been very understanding of what this means for the Nuggets. And like, wow, this is a pretty big deal. And then some are like, like, oh, is like Aaron Gordon like a thing? And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, this is and that's what's funny because he was the biggest name on the market. He was just yeah. not a huge actual NBA name. Like, right, the, right, like right. the Nuggets got the biggest guy that was rumored to be out there because nobody knew that Vucevic was going to be traded. Right. Right. And Vucevic obviously was never going to be a fit with Denver. So it doesn't really matter. Um, But like the best team. Vucevic also in a weird way, I think like Aaron Gordon feels a little bit more of a piece. You plug into a team that needed one piece Vucevic. I don't know that there was a team out there that you say they're one Vucevic away. It's more of like the first piece. It's just a little bit weird in that regard. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I agree with that. Although I think he makes Chicago a ton better. And I'm very excited um, for Not Chicago. That hard to do. Yeah. Because I think him and Zach Levine are going to tear things up. Um, Gordon's handoff numbers are very good. His isolation defense numbers are very good. Some issues at the rim, but I kind of ascribe a lot of his problems this year in terms of his at rim defense to Aaron was like, I, I can just tell you this. Like, Aaron was, Gordon was very unhappy this year yeah. in particular. Yeah. Like, this was, yeah, you know, he, he asked out, he asked out very late in the process. Like he actually said, like, I want to be dealt, but he waited a long time to say that Um, through most of it. He was just trying to be like, I'm just, you know, I want us to like, what are we doing? 
and I think most of the magic were like that too. And they still managed to, to be okay. Like as much as their, like their record doesn't really reflect their team because they lost Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. Right, like they lost right. two starting caliber players that early in the season, they were pesky. And I, I thought they were going to be pretty decent this year. And then everybody started getting hurt uh, and it went down the drain. So, um, you know, in general, Gordon hasn't had a ton of injury issues. He's had some, like there's been some games missed. I think that that's a, a reasonable concern. Um, we haven't seen him in a playoff environment. He's been only in one series. That's, I think, a concern. He's right. going to have to get used to that. But the skill set's there. The price was right. Um, everything, I think, fit for this. And, and it winds up being uh, a really big step forward as like you've wanted the team to move in a direction towards athleticism. Uh, and you know, Ryan Blackburn wanted the team to move towards Porter at four. Right, and right. all of these things. And like, we talked last year <clears throat> during the MPJ, like coming out party, we talked about how we thought this year, the starting lineup was going to be Jamal Murray, a wing that they found in trade. Right. Um, or Will Barton. Um, Porter, Jeremy Grant and Jokic. And now if you sub in Grant or if you sub in Gordon for Grant, right you now have like all of those pieces in terms of like, Will Barton is the, um, Will Barton moves to the two, which we've said that we think that's probably a better position for him. Um, they no longer have to give up as much in terms of size. Like that's a big deal. And they really focused in on that. Like that was a big yeah. talking point for them as they were like, he's really physical. Go watch how physical right. Aaron Gordon is. And when I, I started going through stuff, like they're absolutely right. He, he, especially I'll say this, if you in a playoff series try and run a switch defense on Denver and you put a guard on Aaron Gordon, he's going to bury you because he yeah. just backs dudes under the rim. And this is what I mean about, you know, teams like to, you talk about Denver switching off ball. Every team prefers to switch off ball and, and to switch these things. But you now start getting into a, situations where you just don't, most teams are not going to have guys when before you switch that can match up physically. But if you have to, you know, switch a, a Barton Gordon sort of off ball action. And now all of a sudden Gordon's being guarded by a six, four, six, five guy. You're all, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Denver just has so many guys now that can create mismatches. And I don't even mean the type of mismatches where it's okay, clear out, let's get him the ball. It's just, Oh, let's run the pick and roll now. Cause Aaron Gordon, Gordon has a guard on him and he's going to get the offensive rebound. So we can, we can fire off a quick shot. Um, one thing though, concerns just kind of the quick concern because it's not a slam dunk move and i think that's what you were alluding to i think a couple of my concerns would just be the staggered lineups i really love denver starting lineup i think there's a chance it gels by you know obviously going into the playoffs it gels and looks great but you still have jamichael green paul Millsap. you add javel mcgee one of those guys probably gets cut out you start to talk about pj dozier playing if i don't know that you can play a gordon javel P.J. Dozier combo off the bench. So you start to look at some of the staggered lineups and think, okay, that's going to be a tricky puzzle for Malone to solve here between now and the playoffs. So that's one of my major concerns, I would say. Yeah, I think probably what they'll wind up doing, and this will you know, make some folks nuts, but what they'll probably wind up doing is I would say, um, it's been interesting actually watching the rotations the last couple of games. So sometimes he's putting Joker with the second unit to start the second mm. and fourth. And sometimes he's doing it with Jamal. Um, the trend has basically been that the bench unit with Joker is pretty good because literally everyone is good with Joker. And the bench unit with Jamal is just a train of fire and doom and 
like hazardous material off of the the rails plummeting into a ravine. Like it's bad. Um, I think it's I think Jamal, by the way, is gonna be good with JaVel McGee. Yeah, oh yeah. No, like <clears throat> the lineups that are gonna be Monte Morris, Jamal, JaVale with any combination of their right. three four options, those are gonna cook. It's just yeah. gonna make things easy. Like it's just it just is. Now, this is the first time I think in Jamal's life that he's going to have this kind of at rim threat. Right. Like Mason, Mason could hit some, you know, Um, but even Mason isn't as just pure tall and like able to like, you can just throw it up to JaVale and he'll just kind of tip dunk it in. Um, There's a lot of stuff that like the big thing with JaVale, I'll just say this briefly is that um, I'll be honest. I'm going to be just, I don't want to sugarcoat this, Adam. So I'm just going to be, be totally honest. Um, JaVale's a much better player since he was they than he was when he was here in Denver. Um, he learned a lot with the Warriors. He was almost out of the league, came back, won all these titles, uh, has been a, a serious part of, of serious teams rotations, doesn't make as many mistakes. He makes some. He still makes some. There's, he's still JaVale McGee, but he makes a lot less than he used to, and he still is an impactful guy, and he's very big, and he's very strong. Um he is an insanely tough guy to deal with in the locker room. Oh. Just, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he just, he was. Um, I think that JaVale enjoys media interactions, but he likes them on his terms. Mm. And so he never had any time for us. And that's fine. Like, that's okay. There's a lot of guys like that. That's not a problem. But uh, he is an interesting personality to deal with. Now, the teammates that like him absolutely love him. Like they love him. And mm. so like, there's a good possibility that this works out absolutely awesome. And so, you know, I, I think if nothing else, like I think him playing 10 to 15 minutes in the regular season, getting Joker a few more minutes off, getting Monte Morris, a pick and roll threat. Like this is all, it's all plus, especially for they gave up. The biggest thing is that Denver basically wound up in a trade deadline market that was severely, it was very narrow because the good teams didn't want to give up major assets right. and the team selling had guys that they really need to get rid of or move. And so Denver was able to take advantage of that. And they picked up what I think are, are two really big contributions to the rotation. Drew holiday or Aaron Gordon, who would have been better for Denver. Drew. I, I understand the fit with Gordon. Um, I'll also say this, like, if the question is Drew Holiday and no Jeremy Grant or right um, it's better to replace Grant with Gordon does that make sense? Okay. Like the ideal situation would have been Drew and Gordon obviously or Drew with Grant Um, but not being able to do that like they needed, they, I think they learned this season. They had to replace what they lost in Jeremy. Um, and they we will talk about this later with Mike. Like they consider this to be an upgrade. So over Jeremy. So that's a, that's a real consideration. And I tend to agree just in terms of um, overall caliber of player and what he does. With, with Mike, did you pour one out for Gary? Did you have, do we need to do that real quick? Oh, I see. I want to go further than that. Um, I don't know. We should probably do it tomorrow night after the game just because I want to give it its own space. And then after the weekend, Aaron will probably, 
Aaron will probably be with the team. And then we're going to want to talk about how the right. team with Aaron. Right. Um, I want to do like at least like one to two segments on Gary. That's good. I do That's because good. he deserves it. Um, I, I will just say uh, I, that it's funny. Like there's guys in the, in the media. We're always like, he's a good quote. He's a bad quote. And Gary was kind of known as a bad quote guy. And I always was able to get pretty good stuff from Gary. Once I figured out the way that he looked at things. And more than anything, um, Gary was just a professional from day one through today. He's yeah. just been a pro. Uh, he's shown up. He's done his job. He's played hard. And those, those injury problems, I'll say one, those injury problems are not his fault. Just like injuries are not the fault of any player. He always came in in shape. Took, yeah, he was always. In, fact, then, in it, fact, he had to lose weight one year. Just to, They told him he was too strong, man. And then two, I'll say this, like, there's this idea, I've been arguing about this with various people, they're like, well, he can't stay healthy. And I'm like, he has core injuries, which literally guys only have in Denver. Like, <laughs> Denver's the only team that has this rash of core injuries. Aaron Gordon's core better be very strong. <laughs> um, and I, I would not be surprised if he gets healthy and thrives in Orlando or wherever he ends up, because I expect them to not be there as long. Um, Let's go ahead and get out of here because I want to get you back on vacation, but you're back tomorrow and we, you, uh, Adam will be with us post game. Uh, quick announcement. If you're looking for the locker room, I'm going to put this out on Twitter. It's going to be at 1230 tomorrow. Uh, I'm getting the jab at 1130. So I nice. got to push it back 30 minutes um, so that I'm not talking to you guys when I'm getting jabbed. Uh, I'm getting a, a dose, the first dose of the vaccine tomorrow. So uh, uh, I will be, Unavailable at noon, but we'll be on at 1230. We'll do a show. It'll be a lot of fun. Join us on Locker Room. Look on Twitter for, for more information. I also want to tell you guys uh, that coming up next, I got Mike Singer from the Denver Post, who he and I have been uh, in contact this week because we've both been chasing the same stories all week. It was a great conversation, lots of information. He had the inside stuff that I have not heard. Lots of great stuff. Stick around for that. We'll be right back after the break on Locked on Nuggets. But first, you know, Locked On's partner with Michelob Ultra, and we're talking about the Ultra Player of the Week. Each week, we're identifying a player that sparks one of three key emotions, joy, happiness, or enjoyment. And this week, that player is going to be Aaron Gordon, new nugget. We're just starting off the foot, positive vibes. We're going to get the vibes immaculate and give Aaron Gordon the Ultra Player of the Week right off the bat. You know, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Michelob Ultra is 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. If you can't enjoy your team making a major trade and picking up a player as fun as Aaron Gordon, well, you should probably find yourself another hobby and not listen to this podcast, but please keep listening to this podcast because I want you to. But man, I will tell you, I think Aaron's going to win the Player of the Week a lot of times. He's going to give a lot of great performances. It should be a really solid addition. Aaron Gordon is your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. March Madness has returned, and Paramount Plus has the games you won't want to miss. Watch CBS games live on Paramount Plus, including the Final Four and National Championship game on April 5th. Paramount Plus is also the home to year-round sports, including the Masters, PGA Championship, UEFA, Champions League, and Europa League, the NFL, and more. Plus, get breaking news, expert picks, and highlights from all of your favorite teams, 
with CBS Sports HQ, a 24-7 sports news network. I used to work for CBS Sports, and I was around for the inception of CBS Sports HQ, and there's so much great information. It's There's no like banter back and forth like you're going to find here. It's not like hot takes. It's just information, analysis, the best information all the time, 24-7, and it's going to be absolutely great. Plus, you can't be getting March Madness games streaming wherever you're going to go. Visit ParamountPlus.com before March 31st to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. That's ParamountPlus.com to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. ParamountPlus.com. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day. Second segment on Trade Deadline Day edition. Matt Moore, Adam Mares joined me in the first segment. But now, from the Denver Post, I'm bringing on Mike Singer. The man, the beat writer, the legend, the most plugged-in man in all of Nuggets land. Mike Singer is going to join me, and we're going to break this trade down. All right, so, Mike, this is the day that Nuggets fans probably thought would not come. Uh, and it wasn't Drew Holiday and it wasn't Kevin Love and it was instead Aaron Gordon. And trying to get a sense for how big this deal is, like I've gone back and forth on it a bunch because on the one hand, it's a major upgrade in certain key areas that they needed. On another level, they finally committed multiple assets towards a trade, which they very rarely do. They sent one of the core guys for, that have been with the team forever, Gary, out, which is something that's been painful for them to do. They loved RJ Hampton and they didn't want to give him up and they sent him out in this deal. Uh, on the other end, like it is Aaron Gordon, right? And like Aaron Gordon is a guy that we typically kind of associate with like, good, yeah, kind of a disappointment. It's more of like he could be so much more in Denver. And there's a whole lot of questions we'll get into about like what Aaron thinks about that. Um, I want to take you back here. Uh, when was the first time that you became aware that they were going to be ch- that they were chasing Aaron Gordon? Uh, probably more than a week ago. I heard that his I heard the Nuggets linked with him, um, and I tried to vet it uh, both with the team and out of the team, and ultimately heard that there was some substance there. Uh, and, and I mean, it's been a constant drumbeat of poking away for the last week and calling people. Um, and basically, you, you know, when, when the two finalists came down to it, we were talking Boston and Denver. Uh, I think you had a big report on, on kind of what Boston's offer was. And I think it was just a matter of can the Nuggets match this? Do they want to match it? Uh, how comfortable are they with giving up real assets for the first time in a long time? Um, for an immediate upgrade, because this is a win now move. This is this is like a, a big picture acknowledgement that we can't keep kicking the can down the road. Um, this is the type of player that we have 16 months, um, two postseason runs to see if this nets us where we want to go. And uh, just speaking specifically on deadline day, uh, it was pretty obvious to me when they traded for JaVale McGee this morning that that was not going to be their only move. You don't trade for four months of JaVale McGee if he is your only addition, uh, because that's a hell of a lot of confidence that you would have in yourself if that was the only thing you did, um, you know, given the prospect of, of potentially adding an Aaron Gordon at that point. 
Yeah, I didn't. So I, I played a little bit more of a cautious hand with this. And um, there's a bunch of reasons for that. One is that uh, every conversation I had with the front office was cautiously optimistic because they've been burned enough times that where they just tend genuinely tend to be pretty cautiously optimistic. Like, well, we think we can get him. And then, you know, it's like, well, okay, it didn't work out because that's how it goes. Um, the other reason was just like, I, I've just seen them watch the pitch sail by so much and for good reason. Like it's not, I don't think it's a solely a, like a, a, like they didn't miss good opportunities. They missed re- They decided not to opt for really tough ones. Um, like if you talk to anyone in the front office about their reaction, when drew holiday got five first rounders, you know, it's like, they're like, what are, we're not giving five first rounders for drew holiday. Um, it was interesting because like I did report on Boston earlier in the week and then I was on Monday and by Tuesday night I had heard uh, that was when they were starting, starting to be rumbles of like Denver's picking up steam. And when I asked around, I heard like, well, Boston's doing what Boston does oftentimes, which is it started out as one offer and that offer was compelling. And now they're trying to work it back down and Orlando isn't interested in that. Um, go ahead. What I think people need to understand is that um, if you were to choose, if you were, if every single three, four guy in the NBA was available um, at all the same cost, uh, Aaron Gordon is probably not in the top five or top 10 of that list. And so to me, what happened was this was a perfect opportunity, a perfect storm where there's somewhat of an undervalued asset, a guy who's underperformed in Orlando, hasn't necessarily met expectations of a number four overall pick like he was in 2014. It was that opportunity, his trade request, then meeting the moment of the Nuggets badly needing a wing player. And when all of those forces came together, the Nuggets said to themselves, wow, if there is a reasonable price here, then there is a very uh, worthy risk that we should take in terms of an immediate upgrade on the defensive wing, fits the time frame with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Um, it's not going to be an exorbitant price. Yes, it's painful to lose RJ Hampton, who has all the upside in the world. But if we're really going to contend among the West elite, then we need to take calculated risks. And Aaron Gordon is a calculated risk. And they fervently believe, yes, I just dropped fervently, that um, Aaron Gordon can be better in Denver than he was in Orlando because of infrastructure, because of teammates, because of style, because of structure. Like Aaron Gordon has never had – these are probably going to be like the top three most talented players Aaron Gordon's ever played with in his career. Maybe that's maybe that's disrespectful to Vooch. All apologies to Vooch. But like Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are going to be – um, all Aaron Gordon teams, all, all, all Aaron Gordon, because uh, he's just never had facilitators like either one of those guys. So I think both sides see it as an opportunity to grow together. Gordon can probably realize some of his huge potential. Um, and the Nuggets, frankly, they needed to improve defensively. And, and this was a guy they targeted who could do that. Um, there is no other way to look at this, in my opinion, other than a giant win. So I haven't gotten here uh, with talking to folks today. And I was curious if you had talked to them about the conversations that they had with Aaron prior to the deal and the sense that they've got from them. Cause like from an analyst standpoint, like that's my biggest concern is like, is, is Aaron Gordon ready to be 
fourth option, Aaron Gordon? Is Aaron Gordon ready to be fill in the gaps, Aaron Gordon? Because everything I've heard about Aaron Gordon is that Aaron Gordon thinks he is soon to be superstar Kawhi Leonard light Aaron Gordon. And I don't think that's going to be his role on this team. What have you heard on that front? So is that a function of Orlando not being good enough? Is that a function of them asking him to do things that were outside of his comfort zone? Like he played some point guard this year. Uh, with the second unit for Orlando. So you know how much the Nuggets love playmakers and love guys who can do it all. Aaron Gordon is a good passing wing. Um, He's one of the better passing wings in the league. And so um, it it wasn't like a stretch to see that this could be a fit. Uh, Definitely, he is going to have to uh, sacrifice some of his role. He was a second or third option behind Vooch and, and sometimes Fournier in Orlando. He is without question going to be a fourth or fifth option um, given that he's going to start, in my opinion, at the three alongside Porter at the four and obviously the regular starters moving Barton down to the two. Um, but what I think Aaron Gordon needs to wrap his head around is the fact that playing with such talented guys is going to make his life exponentially easier. Mm-hmm. He is probably going to command the second or third best perimeter defender because the first is going to go to MPJ Maybe another one goes to Barton and then he's just going to be roaming free. And if he like is active in his cuts and, and, and understands and learns to move well without the ball, I haven't watched a ton of him. I don't know if he excels at that, but if he does excel at that, he's going to get like 16 points off of eight dunks a game. Like it is going to be the free cheeseburgers that everyone has been eating this season. And, and I think he's about to realize that uh, pretty quickly playing alongside Nikola Jokic. Yeah. You know, actually watching him, he stands out even more than I remember because so much of what we've focused on with him is, and because like you mentioned, he's had to fill this role as an on-ball creator with them. Uh, no, I think some of that is his preferences and some of that's what I think he believes. And some of that's what probably he thinks is going to get him paid next summer. Um, but, but when we watch it, when I watch him cut the effortless athleticism is what I was like, I'd forgotten. I mean, look, I've watched him in the dunk contest. Right. And I've seen him like, I've watched a bunch of magic games. I've seen how, how much he dunks, but I hadn't gone back to see how he got those dunks. I hadn't gone back to watch him cut. He is a willing cutter. He's a pretty smart cutter and he cuts with a lot of purpose. Those are guys that Jokic just absolutely dimes. Like he dimes those guys up. And that athleticism combo, because it's good because MPJ doesn't have like stellar explosiveness. Like he's not like a, like he has, like he can like one, two step under the rim from the dunker spot and dunk it because he's big and he's like surprisingly quick for a guy his size, but it's not like that just glide through the air like Gordon does. And you're right that if he just fills in those gaps, he's going to pick up so many uh, because it's like all the easy stuff that Paul gets only without the fact that Paul's got a million miles on him. Like it's With just a dunk a, contest, like finalist. Yeah, uh, yeah. So what's funny, and I reported this in the Denver Post, is that after Tuesday's game against the Nuggets, um, Aaron recognized, he had like an aha moment. He, like, this is per someone with knowledge of, of his thinking, like he had a realization that, uh, Life could be easy in Denver, like because Nikola Jokic is so patient and because he like wants to pass first and because he just waits and and waits and waits um, and lets all this movement happen around him and and will pick apart seams. And and Aaron recognized it and and he was excited about the potential, just the spacing 
that um, was so obvious, you know, when Nikola Jokic plays. So, um, and I do think he's been told uh, today after the trade has happened uh, and reiterated how many dunks he's going to get. Uh, I think it is, uh, there's no reason for him not to be excited about this. He, he voiced his frustrations. It's why he, he requested a trade, made it public. Um, wasn't a great environment in Orlando. I think they'd made two postseasons in his career. He'd only played in one. Um, obviously, Orlando hasn't done much in since Aaron Gordon's been in the NBA, and it just affords him a new opportunity, a fresh start, and maybe can can paint a different uh, perspective of who he is as an NBA player, not just an athletic dunker, but maybe there's a lot more to him that that people will recognize when he plays in a in a sophisticated, high level offensive system. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to Mike about uh, the worst case side of these things because i think it's good to be have a good perspective on these things we're both pretty high on it but got to get those things as well as some other questions as we continue the breakdown of the big aaron gordon trade for the denver nuggets we'll be right back on locked on nuggets it's that time again guys you know we've been telling you about built bar the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while built bar is the amazing low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing tasting protein bar with 100 percent chocolate on all the bars well now it's time to find out which built bar is the best it's built bar madness Today's matchup under the Built Bar Madness at BuiltBar.com is Mint Brownie versus Coconut Marshmallow Puffs. Look, I've been dogging on the coconut ones, but they're going to win this one in a sweep. I absolutely hate mint. I don't understand what you guys are doing. Mint is for toothpaste. That's what it's used for. It's to freshen. It's for gum. If you want mint gum, that's fine. Do not combine something that is used to freshen your mouth with chocolate. That is an abomination. Don't even get me started. They don't even belong in this thing. It's coconut marshmallow puffs all the way. Go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props, and almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. here on Locked On Nuggets with Mike Singer from the Denver Post talking about the big Aaron Gordon trade. You know, Mike, um, as we restart this podcast after I forgot to hit record after a, a brief hiatus that we had, I do want to ask you, I had to talk to some members of the front office and there was a sense that in some ways, Aaron Gordon might be an upgrade over Jeremy Grant. What are your thoughts on that? I think in an ideal world, I think Aaron Gordon is a, a could be a better defensive option, assuming he's engaged, assuming he's healthy. Um, then Jeremy Grant. I know that Jeremy Grant was lauded last year for uh, his on-ball defense and his versatility, but to me, Aaron Gordon is a more physical uh, point-of-attack defender who um, has a similar body type to a Kawhi, to a LeBron, 
to, you know, these more physical wings that the Nuggets are going to inevitably see in the Western Conference playoffs. Um, offensively, I think Jeremy Grant is a better shooter, a more consistent shooter. Um, and obviously with the role that he's, he's taken in Detroit, um, has, has taken a more offensive leap. Um, but uh, it, so here, here's, my, here's my big um, thesis that I came to. Are you sitting down? Ready. Okay. So what's really interesting about the Aaron Gordon, Jeremy Grant conversation is Jeremy Grant's been a role player his whole life up until free agency this year. And Jeremy Grant says, uh, no, I want to be the dude. I want to be the guy in Detroit. I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to go get my touches. I'm going to get my points. I'm going to get my possessions, all of that in Detroit. I'm going to be the man. And what's happening is the inverse with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon has spent seven years in Orlando as one of the dudes and maybe overextending himself as one of the dudes. So the Nuggets are banking that he will accept an inverted role, a, a sacrificed role, and, and recognize uh, good to the team. If I'm going to be on a championship contender, and, and like we talked about, I've only been to one playoffs in my whole career, um, I'm going to need to be that fourth or fifth guy. I'm going to need to play my role. I'm going to need to be a defensive stopper on the perimeter. Um, and I'm going to need to be – the role that Jeremy Grant wasn't necessarily happy being in Denver. Um, and the Nuggets are crossing their fingers that they have a guy like that, that they did him a solid by getting him out of Orlando. Now they need him to do them a solid um, by, by kind of just making good on, you know, one of their glaring weaknesses, which was on that defensive perimeter. And they think that they hit a home run with him. Man, it's interesting because of the the pattern here, right? Because, they're they're following the same kind of track, which is um, Andre. And this wasn't even this this front office, but Andre Iguodala was like this big was like an all star player in Philly, but it, he was get, he always got the blame for everything there. And Denver traded for him, being like, "We think you can be our franchise cornerstone." He was on an expiring contract, leaves at the end of the year. Uh, they sink an asset, they trade a first round pick for Jeremy Grant, and they say, "You know, you're a role player." We think you can be more. We think you can be basically our, we want you to be our starting power forward of the future. Like that was the plan, you know, to the point where they offer the same money, same years as Detroit. And Jeremy says, no, uh, not only do I think that I have more to offer and can be more and don't want to be fourth option uh, to Nicola, Jamal and Michael, um, but also for, you know, understandable and pretty valid reasons, wants to play for a black coach, wants to play for a black GM, got an existing relationship with Troy Weaver. Um, and so now with Aaron Gordon, they bring him in, they sink they sink these assets into him and they say, you know, we think you can be more in terms of, of an impact by not being this, this type of star player, but doing all these other things. But Aaron is a year and a half from, from free agency. Now the year and a half is crucial here because talking to the front offices, I'm sure you've heard like that's part of the equation here is like gives them more time to evaluate the fit. But like that's, that is part of the risk inherent here is that, you know, if they don't figure it out in the remaining time of this season, and it doesn't click naturally. They've got the beginning of next season until the trade deadline until that point, they're going to have to figure out, can we resign this guy? Can we keep this guy? Should we keep this guy before they have to evaluate whether or not to retain him beyond that? They'll probably work on an extension this summer. I'm sure, but I don't know if that's going to go where the way that they want um, with how much he's probably going to want to at least explore the market. Like there are risks attached to this deal, given the contract situation. Do you agree? Yeah, uh, no doubt. Can be a free agent uh, in, in, you know, after next offseason. 
Um, and it just so happens to coincide with when the money for Michael Porter Jr. will ultimately kick in. They already have two max guys. What is their comfortability in paying uh, Aaron Gordon? What he probably thinks he's going to command, especially like, is there going to be like, he's trying to get paid. He's going to go into free agency in a year and a half, but is he comfortable accepting a supporting role and not a leading role that he was in, in, in Orlando? Um, and you've heard Michael Malone, you've heard Tim Connolly talk about this in winning environments, guys get paid regardless of role. They get paid more based off of, um, team performance. There is like, uh, you know, I forget, I always screw up the phrase like rising tide lifts all boats, some, some crap like that. Um, I, I know he's coming, I know he's coming from Florida, uh, but he's going to have to get down with a lake in Colorado <laughs> because, um, he's going to have to accept a role. He's not going to be one of the leading guys, but if he can grease the wheels on offense and be that playmaker, I think he averaged like four assists a game. Like he's not a bad playmaker, right. um, not a great ball handler, but he's also a six, eight, six, nine wing. I wouldn't say Jeremy Grant was a good ball handler. Like th- there are risks inherent, but there are, this is what it takes to compete. This is what it takes to win. And the nuggets have two cracks at it. So before you got to make any financial decisions on him. So um, I think they weighed all these options and, and not to mention, they probably asked themselves, are we really willing to uh, punt, potentially punt on two years of Nikola Jokic's yeah. prime without getting him a, 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 a ball stopping wing who, who can aid Nikola Jokic right now? RJ Hampton as good as he is, is not contributing in a meaningful way for at least two seasons. So um, this is the Nuggets acknowledging that it's go time and that Jokic is an MVP and we need to surround him and give him the pieces um, so that when he does ultimately get to free agency, he doesn't even have a second to look around. He doesn't even think that there was one moment where they weren't doing everything they possibly could to to make this team a championship caliber team. Yeah, I definitely think that the fact that Nikola – is just been, I mean, he's the MVP leader right now. Like he is the favorite for MVP right now. He's the odds on favorite for MVP right now. I never in my life thought I would see a minus number attached to Nicole Jokic's MVP odds, but that's where we're at. And uh, I think there, there had to have been a little bit of like, I think that was, I think that did spur the front office a little bit to be like, and the coaching staff as well to be like, we can't let this, we, we can't waste this year. It can't let- be a situation where we've got Nicola playing like this and we're right. still struggling. Two, two games ago, um, they played the Pelicans in what is a horrible matchup for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. And uh, to me, aside from the Steven Adams, Zion Williamson posterization that happened, or the bludgeoning, whatever we're going to call it, the most alarming aspect of that game was Brandon Ingram and his drives and how you're either putting Porter on him or you're putting Will Barton Neither one are a particularly good option. And then you saw it last night um, when they played the Raptors, a guy like OG Ananobi, like who, who is their best option for him? There are these prototypes that the Nuggets can't stop or had trouble stopping. And by getting Aaron Gordon, you at least have, it's a, it's a stop gap for now. I don't know that Aaron Gordon's going to be the LeBron stopper or the Kawhi stopper. We call it, I'll call them slowers. There's no, there's no stallers. Yeah. Yeah. Stallers and pet impeders. Um, but, uh, at least they've tried, at least they've gone out and got someone who is available who can provide some semblance of resistance. And, um, again, you're telling Nikola Jokic, we're doing everything here. We can, 
Um, not that Jokic would ever offer input or insight on, on personnel moves or whatever outside of probably like begging for Boban. That's a joke. I'm not sharing <laughs> that at all. Uh, but the Nuggets recognized themselves. They needed help and they went and got them to their credit. Uh, last thing before I let you go, obviously the, the lesser move today, trading Isaiah for JaVale McGee. McGee returns to Denver. Um, not That was an interesting time in my life covering JaVale McGee from a locker room perspective. Um, look, I, I think it's a low-cost move. They obviously, for whatever reason, the front office, the coaching staff didn't have faith in Isaiah to be able to hold down minutes. And JaVale has, you know, he's been a part of the Lakers and Warriors championship runs. He still has a lot of moments where he's JaVale, but he has fewer moments where he's JaVale that we knew from Denver nowadays. Uh, and I think if nothing else, I think there's two, there was the, my two big takeaways were one, maybe they can rest Nicola in certain matchups for more than four seconds at a time. And then two, in the Lakers matchup, it does give you the option to be like, all right, we're going to put JaVale on Anthony Davis and Joker's going to take Drummond because they're probably going to get Drummond. Uh, and we'll we'll match up that way because otherwise you were talking about Paul Millsap or MPJ on Davis, and that's not a plan. So um, th- those are the two big takeaways for me with that move. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, what what it means is that uh, you'll have a backup center for more than like ten minutes because Isaiah Hartenstein's foul rate is amazing. And he has a hard time staying out of foul trouble. And so like, he's an energy guy. He's a good hustle guy. I think he needs to get his legs under him in the NBA, but uh, JaVale is a presence um, who has playoff experience, three rings, like say whatever you want about him. But if he can spell Nikola Jokic for um, eight, 10 minutes in a playoff game, like that's significant. And the other thing is, is I, I mean, I, I don't know what, Malone's going to do in terms of rotations and um, allocating minutes, especially in that second unit. But like JaVale's not a guy you need to play every night. He can be matchup base. And so in order to placate uh, Jamichael Green and Paul Millsap, like you might need to play small ball uh, second units with one of those guys at the five at some point. But um, JaVale's a, a, a basically comes down to who do you trust more? And Isaiah Hardenstein in the postseason or JaVale McGee, and if it costs you two second round picks um, it, for a guy who's productive, but who is available uh, and also, by the way, probably keeps him out of Brooklyn, um, which I think the Nets were very interested in JaVale McGee. Um, that, that's a That's a win. It's a low cost win. And to me, it also preempted the fact that that like I was like, there's no way that's the only move they're going to make. And so I had heard rumblings about it. I wasn't surprised when it happened. Um, the JaVale reunion is on. Sorry. Sorry, Matt Moore. No, it's going to be great. I'm excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be great with JaVale back. Uh, that's Mike Singer from the Denver Post. Glad to have him on on a busy day. Make sure to subscribe to the Denver Post. Follow him on Twitter at msinger. Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. It was fun. That's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making us part of your day. Really appreciate you guys being along. I also really am grateful for all the comments I got on uh, my comments after the last episode, I really appreciate all the positive things you guys have been saying. Adam is back tomorrow. Don't worry. We'll be around for a locker room tomorrow at 1230. Make sure to follow along on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets for that. I'll be on locker room at 1230 tomorrow, taking your questions about the Aaron Gordon trade and everything else. We'll talk to you guys then. We'll have a post-game episode after the game tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, I'm Matt Moore for Locked On Nuggets.